On today's episode, I'd like to start with a prayer. Dear Lord, six and a half pound baby Jesus, please give me the strength today to not reach through the phone and strangle every motherfucker who decided to call me for no goddamn reason while I'm trying to record this podcast. You're in the doghouse. What's up, everybody? It is your boy, D-Roy, and this is the Doghouse Fantasy Football Podcast. Find me on Twitter and Instagram at RoyDog underscore 13, and still going over on Facebook, Dennis M. Roy over there, and on the old TikTok, RoyDog13. Yeah, it's 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 very trying to try and get these uh, podcasts out in a time of fashion, considering the fact that, you know, get spam call after spam call, get certain people just calling, hey, what are you up to? I don't know. Probably the same thing I do every fucking fall. Oh, you're are you are you are you writing? No, I'm trying to do the podcast that goes along with the writing. That's what I'm doing. So, or oh, so what you're saying is that you're busy? Of course I'm fucking busy. It's a fucking Saturday. It's fucking first week of the NFL season. Jesus Christ. With that being said, though, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns. You may hit me up on all my social media, uh, especially when it pertains to your lineups. So, all righty. We're going to go through the write-up. We're going to go step-by-step on there. You will probably have noticed, if you actually look through it, uh, that it is a bit shorter than usual. There's just a lot that I just wanted to really cut out um, and try to cut out, you know, in totality this year versus, you know, the previous years where I've had a lot of questions and stuff. So, I mean, that's why you kind of go through each podcast. The one that I'm hopefully going to be able to get out every Thursday where I kind of go through uh, the slate. You kind of get an idea on players um, that I'm kind of looking at. And I, you know, will point out if anything's a decent value on there. And then those are guys that you can fit in there. there. Whatever is not in here, in the write-up, um, but I have talked about. You're more than welcome to bring up anything like, "Hey, is this is this a good play?" Like, especially for any type of value. Once we kind of get uh, a little bit more in the season and um, salaries start tightening up, um, I'm not going to catch or I'm not going to insert everything of value in there. I'll just put in you know my favorite value type people, um, stuff like that. So. Um, there is a, there is a bunch of players in here that I will sign off on, uh, especially for more GPP uh, type lineups. Those are your tournament lineups, your fifty fifty cash ones. I'm really sticking pretty straight uh, to what I have here. I'm not deviating from it, so I would not expect you to deviate uh, from the player pool that I have listed. So, without further ado, let's kind of get in here. Um, I'm going to actually raise this up so I can read this a little bit better. 
But uh, we're going to start with the quarterbacks as usual. Go through quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, tight ends, and then the defenses. So cash game quarterbacks. We're starting with Trevor Lawrence, eight thousand on FanDuel, thirty-one on Yahoo, sixty-five hundred on DK. Good for fifth, third, and seventh. Uh, towards the higher end of the quarterbacks, but not quite uh, as pricey as some of them. Um, to me, you know, I said it. Lawrence is basically this, to me. He's the safest quarterback on the slate. Um, one that can get us to the twenty points that we really kind of want, and uh, definitely can go uh, three or three x or higher at any given point. The Indianapolis Colts secondary is absolutely dreadful. Um, Stephon Gilmore, you know, got traded to Dallas. Um, you add in the uh, <coughs> there was a spe- uh, the suspension to Isaiah Ryder or Rogers, my bad, and then. Um, he was let go by the Colts, which was weird. I don't know why you wouldn't just hold on to him for a year. Um, but overall, when I looked at the slate itself, there was a little bit too much. There was a little bit too much downside to every single quarterback that was above him. So to me, I'll pay down a little bit, go with a guy that I trust. Against the secondary, you know, a defense, a secondary um, that I had circled um, since about June when we went through um, the schedule, not so much the schedule, but just went through the teams and stuff. Like, you know, Indianapolis Colts. These are guys that we're going to want to throw against. Um, you could use a running back against them, um, but to me, unless it's one of those guys that just really kind of commands a backfield. I don't really want to touch the run, touch the backfield. So Travis Etienne, yeah, I kind of liked him against the Colts, um, but there is the thought that Big B might take enough away to where you're not going to recoup any of that salary um, in terms of fantasy points. You know, we're looking two and a half. You know, equitably, you're looking at two and a half uh, x two and a half times your salary on Fanduel. You're looking at three times the salary on DK. Now we shoot a little bit higher, right? So we're looking for three on FanDuel. We're looking for about three and a half, uh, potentially four over on DK. And if you believe that their ceiling can, you know, kind of go over that three and four X, yeah, it's gonna be a guy that I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and trust. <laughs> I mean it's try it's 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 try to trust, okay? Do I trust do I trust him the most? Yes, absolutely on the slate. So Trevor Lawrence, he's gonna be the first guy that I really kind of put in there and then just kind of work the lineup on. Um if not, then I'm gonna I'm gonna come down, and that is to Derek Carr of the New Orleans Saints. Uh seven thousand on FanDuel, twenty-five on Yahoo, fifty three hundred, which is a uh a really good value over there compared to you know, we do the comparative three sites. Uh, good for 13th, 10th, and 18th. So DK, he is a really, really good value over there. Uh, they're going to be facing the Tennessee Titans, and Tennessee did not do anything this offseason to really fix their secondary. So it is a team that we can throw against. You, they basically funnel everything into the passing game. You can't run against them. So this whole notion that Jamal Williams at his value, at what his price point is, and I'll get that for you here real quick here. So... There's a lot of people looking at Jamal Williams, uh, 6,800, 16, and 5,100. Good for 16, 26, and 32. 
There's a lot of people going after him this week because he's such a great value. No. You might want you might use him as seasonal um, as one of your running backs because he's going to have opportunity, but we're looking we're looking to get a, a two three x on there so or two and a half three x so on let's just take uh, Jamal Williams on on DK you want a minimum of three x so he's got to score at least fifteen points for him to pay off. The only way that he's going to do that is on the ground. It's not going to be through the air. Now, you have Kendry Miller, who's questionable, but they have a couple other guys that they'll use. Um, if anything, more of the throws are going to go to the tight ends. They're going to go to the wide receivers. Um, Derek Carr isn't really terrific at throwing at his running backs anyways, at least in my opinion. Um, and that's kind of why I stayed away a little bit from Alvin Kamara. Um, but... Jamal Williams doesn't catch passes at all. He will from time to time, but is that going to be enough? To me, he needs he needs at least a touchdown, so he's going to have to get, you know, where he's going to get six points, but then he's still got to come up with the other nine, most of that coming through the, uh, on the ground. And even if you tell me he catches a couple passes, let's just take two points, it's still seven, so he's got to come up with 70 yards. 70 yards for a running back, even even if he's near elite against Tennessee, is very, very hard to do. So we're passing on that. But Derek Carr, very solid matchup. Um, I would expect New Orleans to kind of get him really acclimated right away uh, in New Orleans. It's a home game, so it's it's great atmosphere for him to get that game under his belt. Uh, the crowd will be behind him. And... Uh, fucking ice cream truck get the fuck out of here you petter ass um but it's a good de- it's a good defense it's a good setup as a whole uh with new orleans to get him you know set started off on the right foot so Derek Carr, i'm trusting him i'm trusting him um but i think overall he's gonna have a better experience than what he what he has in the past with the las vegas raiders slash oakland raiders uh, GPP, I am definitely taking a look at Geno Smith against the L.A. Ra- uh, Raiders, Rams. <coughs> 7,200, 28, and 6,100, good for 11th, 8th, and 9th. Um, kind of the reason why I went with uh, Derek Carr over uh, Geno is, you know, there was a little bit more value in there and a little bit, not so much a safer situation, but I just felt, more comfortable with that offense and what they were going to do. Gino, it's a it's a little tricky. Um, there is a potential for Seattle to run the ball extensively. Uh, the defense as a whole is not good, um, but I am kind of respecting that run defense uh, a little bit. That they're going to try to keep the running backs in check in both. You know, Kenneth Walker. Um, oh God, why am I brain farting on it? Uh, Zach Charbonnet. Um, and try and keep them in check. But they can't keep the wide receivers in check. They can't keep that passing offense in check because the secondary is absolutely terrible. Um, so it's going to leave a lot of room for opportunity for Geno. Um, also, you know, he can use his legs, so it gives us a little bit of upside on there. Can he reach 20 points? Absolutely. Um, and I think that he can get even 24 or more. So... Did, is he stopped in front of my fucking house? 
the fuck is going on? Get the fuck out of here. I gotta find this fucker. Hold on. I might I might come back with a SpongeBob like popsicle. Christ, now that he's out of here finally. Uh, speaking of the SpongeBob, like has, the SpongeBob popsicle, has anybody ever seen that thing? Look kinda like it's weird. It never ends up looking like SpongeBob. Kind of looks like fucking sloth from the Goonies. It's like screaming at you like, hey, you guys. But any which way. So Geno Smith, um, I believe in the play. Uh, there's a couple of guys, you know, come on. It's his top two receiving options that have really good matchups. Um, and there is the, I, I will say this now, there is a the potential that you could use uh, Smith and Jigba, but I probably wouldn't recommend it uh, just because, of his wrist and everything. I just don't trust it. Um, don't really trust any other targets on there, you know, to where they're going to bring back fantasy value. Um, so for right now, it's just DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett that you would want to do any type of pairing with. Uh, last but certainly not least, I'm taking a pot shot on this one. I don't know how many people are really going to try this. Um, and that is uh, rookie quarterback, Anthony Richardson of the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, 6,700, 22, and 5,600. Good for 17th, 17th, and 14th. Um, so he's not super low, but he's not exactly expensive, right? Um, and this is like a one-shot uh, type lineup type thing where, um, in general, I play uh, four lineups on each site, on all three sites. So I've got the cash lineup, Um which is pretty much, you know, the same lineup going across the board. You know, we're just basically uh, messing with salaries and whatnot, you know, little changes here and there. Um, and then you have the three GPPs. So when I do this, so when I have the 12 lineups, three are taken out, so I have nine lineups left. I'm talking about only one out of those nine lineups. I'm not talking one on each site. If you do this, just pick one lineup to run with it because it's really, really risky, um, and it pretty much could just go to complete fail, right? Uh, Anthony Richardson still learning how to play the position in the NFL, let alone with his accuracy um, and reading the defenses. He's a one-read quarterback, and one thing with the one-read quarterback that can run is, in general, early on, if they can't make if they're super, if they're special, so we're talking like Cam Newton um, when he started out, uh, that type of thing. When they can't, when they don't see that read, if some guy is not open, like say Pittman is the read. If he doesn't have it, he's more than likely to run, and that's why I want to take a shot at him because he's going to be more apt to run. Uh, we do expect Jacksonville to get ahead in this game. Um, having the Colts have to play from behind, which means that they're going to be a little bit, you know, more open to just letting him learn, letting him do his thing. So there is really certainly the potential that Richardson can get close to 100 yards rushing uh, with a TD or two. Uh, even if you get like say 65, 70 yards rushing with two TDs, that's huge, huge in DFS. Um, and then you're looking at maybe you know a small pot shot, you know, passing touchdown. Um, so the potential for, you know, passing yards being about 175, 200 yards. So it's seven to eight points right there. Um, 
<clears throat> let's just say, let's say he gets six, just be good low end, 60 yards rushing. That's six points. So you're looking at about 13, 14 points there. If he gets two touchdowns, let's say one on the ground and and uh, one passing. So that's 10 points. So you got about 23 points in there. That's a big deal. That's a big deal for how low you're paying down. And then just having the potential that he could actually hit 100 yards just in, you know, garbage time counts. Garbage time counts in fantasy. So um, with him having just that potential and possibly even getting a third TD in there, um, he's a guy. He's a guy to watch. I mean, we might not really care much for him, but I think a lot of people, what they fail to realize is that, you know, you're still accruing points all through the game. And even if he gets, say, an interception, maybe he has a fumble. So usually that's like one, maybe two points, depending upon the scoring system. And that's including in seasonal. So that's kind of why Anthony Richardson was a little bit higher. I don't want to trust that unless it's in a super flex, unless it's a super flex league or two quarterback league. Fine. Well, I'll deal with it as second quarterback. But, um, Fantasy, you want to take a shot. You're trying to take a shot on, you know, I hate the word upside, but, you know, we talk about potential ceilings of players, and he has that ceiling. So um, definitely going to take a shot on him. But like I said, one out of my nine, you know, GPP-type lineups, okay? Moving on to running back cash, Nick Chubb, right at the top. He's the highest-priced guy that I'm willing to take a shot on. It is not Austin Eckler who I do kind of like in that Miami matchup, but I don't see him uh, bringing back the value that we need, and I don't see it out of Christian McCaffrey either. Now, that doesn't mean that you ever take him out of your seasonal lineup, of course, but in DFS, it's a lot different because you need to build a lineup, uh, and you only have so much salary. So Nick Chubb, 8,600, 31, and 8,200, good for third, fourth, and third. Uh, The Yahoo price of 31 is very, very palatable. So definitely over there, I'm going to definitely take a look at him and just kind of work down. But he's had success against Cincinnati. I do actually expect Cleveland to be right around where Cincy is, if not playing from ahead. Um, Another thing that I like, too, is that, you know, this is Nick Chubb's backfield. There's nobody else really there. Yeah, they did it bring in Pierre Strong um, as like a passing down type option, but you're still going to have Nick Chubb on the field 75 to 80% in this game. This is a, this is Nick Chubb's game, okay? So <clears throat> the real question when you're rostering him is, is he going to hit, basically, can he hit 24 points? Can he hit 24 points? Is is a question that can be answered real easily if he's able to get, say, two touchdowns, right? So there's 12 points right there. So he only needs about 120 yards of something, um, both, you know, using his legs and, you know, getting receptions. So to me, Nick Chubb is a very good is a very good option. Um, whether or not you roster him in cash is one thing. Um, I would say at least get a share of him in one of your GPPs. Bijan Robinson of Atlanta, 7,800, 27, and 8,800. Good for seven, six, and four. Um, he's been flying a little bit under the radar, which is kind of surprising considering the fact that everybody was like Bijan, Bijan, Bijan all through the draft season. 
Um, but now it seems like people don't want to pay his salary uh, in DFS, which is rather weird. Um, Bijan is this offense, okay? They got him for a reason. We talked about this in the offseason, right? So everything's going to flow through Bijan. He will get a couple of passes here and there. He's very capable of you know, owning that backfield all by himself. Will we see Tyler Algier? Will we see the quote-unquote joker in quarter Rel Patterson? Yeah. But this is Bijan. If you've seen Bijan um, not only play at Texas, but if you've seen him this preseason, that's a, that's a dude. That is a big dude. Um, and he's ready to go. He looked really, really good in the preseason. So uh, Bijan Robinson, definitely a guy that I'm going to consider in my cash lineups. If not, uh, GPPs. And you could even make the argument of using Nick Chubb and Bijan um, as your top two guys and kind of paying down at some of the wide receiver and tight end spots because, frankly, there's a lot of value there. So, But moving on, we got Joe Mixon of the Cincinnati Bengals. So here's the other side. Uh, 7,500, 23, and 6,800, good for 9, 9, and 10. Uh, Cleveland is not going to run away with the game. Like, they're not going to get way up in points. It's too early in the season, and this is a divisional game, so this is going to remain rather close. Uh, Mixon is basically a lower-priced Nick Chubb in the fact that, you know, it's his backfield, and it is really his backfield. Another 75, 80. Um, doesn't have a, a lot of the risk that Bijan does just with, you know, the other running backs that are on the roster. Um, and he has a fantastic matchup. Cleveland did not really, you know, fix the holes in the middle of this uh, run defense. Um, so he's going to have a he's going to have a lot of play this week, uh, especially early in the year. You want Joe Mixon uh, before he starts breaking down. He is getting a little bit older, um, but he is pri- he is priced rather, rather nicely. Um, so Joe Burrow has historically not had a very good games against Cleveland, um, since he, you know, arrived to the Bengals. So, um, Mixon, he doesn't have to deal with Samaj P Ryan being in there, taking away some pass catches. I would expect some outlet passes, uh, to him from Joe Burrow. Burrow hasn't really, you know, worked this preseason. So, uh, definitely didn't get any game. Uh, game reps and stuff. So I would expect some shorter passes, get some quicker reads, uh, and that should benefit Joe Mixon. Cam Akers is next for the LA Rams. Uh, 6,600, 23, and 6,200, good for 19th, 9th, and 16th. Now I like him on FanDuel and DK the best. Uh, this is way better value, but $23 over on Yahoo isn't isn't too shabby, to be honest with you. Uh, but for twenty three bucks, I'm probably going Joe Mixon, um, if I haven't already. But uh, I did say I hate Cam Akers. It's not so much him as it is just the L.A. Rams in general. Um, just I hate the offensive line, but he does well behind it. He had the same issues at Florida State. It's like, yeah, just because the guy did good in college with a bad offensive line doesn't mean that you have to follow that same fucking formula. Like, get him guys to fucking block for him. Um, and just the usage in general, uh, last couple of years, uh, he had the injury in 2021, come back, you know, came back way too early, should have just waited until last year to come back, and I think he would have been fine uh, from the Achilles injury. 
And then they just weren't on the same page for most of the year. But at the end of the year, we had to see that they gave him a lot of usage and he ran and he ran really effectively. So <clears throat> I'm going to go ahead and just believe in it. And I did write up because we do have Tyler Higby listening cash. You do have to make the choice. Is it Cam Akers in your cash lineup or is it going to be Tyler Higby? You do not want to run both because you don't want to be super invested in the LA Rams defense or um, offense for your cash game lineups. That's a, that's a, poor deal if you run either cam Akers or if you run tyler higby and they fail now i said or cam Akers or tyler higby and that play fails your lineup still has the chance to get over that that hump right so cam Akers, i do like him he's not he's not my favorite because i just i hate the player i hate fucking sean mcveigh um but it is it but i mean on paper against seattle who historically, you know, has not done well um, against running backs and has given a point, especially, specifically touchdowns. Um, you have to consider it. And I, I, to be honest with you, it's probably going to be Cam Akers in my lineup uh, before Tyler Higby. But we have another we have another tight end that we have for value that will work just as well. Okay, so now we have the tandem backfield of Brian Robinson Jr. and Antonio Gibson. Uh, B Rob, 6,400, 17, and 5,100. Good for 22nd, 22nd, and 32nd. So he's good value over on DK. Antonio Gibson, 5,800, 18, and 5,200. Good for 31, 18th, and 29th. So good value on both FanDuel and DK. A <coughs> lot, a lot of chatter about Brian Robinson. Deservingly so, just because Washington goes against the Arizona Cardinals, and they should actually. You know, on paper, they should womp on Arizona. They're just not a good offense, just not a good defense. The whole team sucks in general. So the thought process is that Brian Robinson, even though he doesn't catch passes, right, he's the early down back, um, that he's going to get a lot of run late uh, in the fourth quarter, just kind of, you know, round off the clock. My problem here is that a lot of talk within the fantasy community was that Antonio Gibson in an Eric B enemy offense being the pass catcher was actually the better play. Now they were around the same ADP. Uh, so it was pretty much, you know, who, who do you trust more? A lot of people chose Brian Robinson over Antonio Gibson, um, which is fine. But when I look at this offense, when I look at, you know, B enemy and I, you know, I understand Andy Reid calls the plays and whatnot. Biennemi was pretty much just, you know, kind of the name only uh, offensive coordinator. But you always remember, we'd always like Isaiah Pacheco, but McKinnon would always be the thorn in the side, right? Because he was the pass catcher. Uh, Mahomes would trust him a little bit more. And, you know, he would get the job done and we'd be stuck if he took the Isaiah Pacheco shares, you kind of got stuck, you know, kind of sorry, sorry if you're female, but you kind of got caught with your dick in your hand. Um, to me, Gibson isn't, isn't truly the better um, running back, you know, between him and Brian Robinson. The thing I like about Antonio Gibson though, is that, Coming from a spot where he was a wide receiver and then they made him into a running back, he is a hell of a pass catcher. And 
even historically before Bienemy, you know, he him, uh JD McKissick, this offense they'd throw to the running back. And so they weren't that far off from what their offensive coordinator was running in Kansas City. So I expect a a bunch of, you know, targets, a bunch of carries for Gibson in this offense. Now it is risky because you're kind of going against the grain of what everybody else is seeing, but that means that you should get Gibson for a lower ownership percentage, um, which kind of gives you that edge, right? So I like him. What I have said is Gibson is the cash slash GPP play, meaning you can use him in cash, but you got to be really willing to accept the risk on him. Am I willing to accept the risk on him for that salary? Absolutely. Abso-stinking-fucking-lutely, I am. GPP, we're looking at Aaron Jones of the Green Bay Packers, 7,200, 21, and 6,300. Good for 11th, 13th, and 15th. Um, With the hamstring injury to Christian Watson, keeping him out, um, that kind of makes this play more and more uh, uh, viable by the day. Uh, Romeo Dobbs had kind of the same issue, but they expect him to play. He he seems to be relatively fine. He's been practicing, so... um, but where people want to jump over to, like, say, Jaden Reed, um, Luke Musgrove, who I like at tight end, but he's not going to make it. And then you have, basically, if they go three wide sets, you would have Samari Tori in there, the kid from Nebraska a couple years ago. But in reality, I mean, you have your kind of your your secondary wide receiver, an outlet guy, in Aaron Jones already at running back. You will see a little bit of Dylan in there, which is why I can't trust Jones in cash. Um, but I can definitely take a shot on him in GPP and Jones has had success against the bears. And I realize that they have better linebackers right now, uh, for Chicago. Um, but to me, it's a better offensive line against a weaker defensive line too. That kind of plays into this. A.J. Dillon is generally a slow starter, and Jones hits it right out of the gate kind of early. So to me, Aaron Jones is the play here uh, for the Green Bay Packers. And, yeah, I do have the bear on the other side. But first, we're going to go to Denver. And Javante Williams, uh, Roy Kent, as he's known on Elite Fantasy, uh, 6,500, 22, and 5,700. Good for 20th, 12th, and 20th. So DK, FanDuel, better pricing over there. Uh, going against the Las Vegas Raiders. <coughs> There's a lot of talk about um, the Denver passing game, which means that Javante is going to come in at a lot lower ownership. People are going to want to feel this one out. There's a lot of talk about Sabanji P. Ryan being the better uh, fantasy back out of this backfield. I think that's wrong. Uh, Javante should be the guy that's good to go here. Um, it's a risk. It's a calculated risk. Um, probably won't have a ton of shares because I'll have some of the guys, you know, the running backs that are going to be more of my core guys um, this week, including, you know, you know, either Trevor Lawrence or uh, Derek Carr, especially for cash. But um, in GPP, I'll be running a little bit more. Um, 
probably two running back lineups. So I'll have a lot of just, you know, kind of here's my two kind of core guys. And then I'm going to run with wide receivers um, in the other spots. So do I like them? Yes, I like them a lot, but just not enough to really kind of be my main guys, right? So there it is. Uh, but then, like I said, we, we moved to Chicago, Khalil Herbert, 6,100, 17, and 5,300, good for 26, 22nd, and 27th. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not going to believe in this Packers rush defense until I see it. Um, they are more focused on trying to stop uh, the passing games, you know, getting beat back deep. So it's kind of left open, you know, the running lanes. Uh, against this uh, 3-4 defense, which you will see a switch at points to 4-3 base. Um, but for now, Khalil Herbert's real cheap. You can put him in there, especially if you want to pay up at wide receivers. Uh, Khalil Herbert's definitely a guy that you want to kind of consider because he's cheap. Um, and the Packers are going to be focused on making sure that uh, uh, Justin Fields doesn't get out you know, out in the running lanes, out on the outside and taking them deep. So um, to me, with that focus being so much on Justin Fields, it's going to leave Herbert open. It's going to be kind of the forgotten guy. They have to deal with DJ Moore. They have to deal with Cole Komet. Um, so they're going to try to shut down those, you know, passing lanes and then shut down that outside running uh, from Justin Fields. Wide receivers, cash, top guy I'm going with, Tyreek Hill. Uh, against the LA Chargers, 8,800, 34, and 8,200. Good for third, third, uh, actually third across the board. Um, mentioned it. He had a really good game against them last year. Um, and I didn't see really any improvements to the secondary for the LA Chargers. <clears throat> so I'm willing to attack it again. Now, he did get a second TD off a, you know, kind of bullshit play. It was a good play by him, but. Um, basically a guy fumbled, he picked up the ball, ran and around and, you know, scored a touchdown. So he got the points for the touchdown, not the yardage. Um, but Tyreek out of the gate, he's two as number one guy. As long as two is under center, um, Hill is always going to be the top target. They're going to be the ones that want to get him heavily involved in the passing game and get him going early because that really throws the defense off. Um, you will have noticed I never mentioned Raheem Mostert, not once in the running backs. That's because I refuse to start him. Um, he's a shitty player. If he, if he beats me fine, I guarantee you every single running back, um, that I have listed is going to do just as well. If not, you know, I expect them to do better. Uh, I expect Raheem Mostert to probably break down in this game and you're going to see, just a shit show of a backfield at that point. So um, Raheem Mostert, I have no thoughts on using a 31-year-old running back. He's going to finally show his age. He's going to break down yet again, and everybody's going to sit there and go, oh, he was such a good value play. Was he, though? Was he? I'd rather trust fucking Khalil Herbert. Look here. What's, the, what's his cost? Uh, Raheem Mostert. 5900 so on FanDuel. He's 200 bucks less than Khalil Herbert. He's 15 on Yahoo, 17 for Herbert, 5400 on DK, 5300 for Herbert. So he's got $100 value. I'd rather pay up a couple hundred dollars uh, 
for Khalil Herbert, a younger guy, uh, way more fucking burst uh, than than uh, Raheem Mostert. So you want to use Raheem Mostert? God bless you, but trust me, I think it's it's gonna fail. I just I have that feeling on there. Keenan Allen is next. Now he's a little bit higher priced, but he is a very good value on Yahoo. Uh, 8,018 and 7,300 good for seventh, 22nd on Yahoo, uh, and seventh over on DK. So he's a little bit, still a little bit higher priced, but like I said, you get a really good value on Yahoo. Um, so I'll probably have a lot of him over there. Uh, he is Justin Herbert's security blanket. Um, and they have even, you know, come out and said that basically, you know, that's his guy. That's the guy that we're running the offense off of. Um, not Mike Williams, not Joshua Palmer. Now, I do like Mike Williams. Um, but I do also think that Allen is going to see Keho out of the slot, and then he's going to be able to slide over every once in a while and see Eli Apple. You know, the famous Eli Apple from over... Over in Cincinnati, guy that we like to target over there can get burned from time to time. Both Mike Williams and uh, Keenan Allen uh, can beat him down the field, right? Pretty much any wide receiver that Chargers have can beat him down the field. But um, I'm only trusting in Keenan Allen. I don't think Herbert's going to have like he'll he'll get the yardage, but I don't see him getting. Um, more than say two passing touchdowns, and that's kind of why I kind of didn't include him. Um, I think there's going to be enough taken away from Justin Herbert with, um, got him stuffed up with uh, uh, Austin Eckler that they're going to kind of offset one another. But I do see Keenan Allen being able to get it done with a ton of receptions, you know, especially over at DK where you get one full point. You know, per reception, if he gets seven receptions, that's seven points, right? So you only got to make up uh, 2x of that salary. So you only got to make up 14 points um, after the seven receptions. And if he gets a touchdown, there's six. That's almost got it there. And then, you know, you, you kind of get your yardage and everything in there. So Keenan Allen, I think, is going to be a really good play on Sunday. I'm actually pretty sure of it. Um, but definitely I'll, I'll have about a hundred percent exposure of him over on, on Yahoo. My favorite wide receiver on this slate though, is going to be one DK Metcalf, 7,720 and 7,000 good for ninth, 15th and 10th. So he's way better priced. Well, I shouldn't say way better priced, but he is better priced than Keenan Allen. Um, he's going to be. Another guy that's going to be first read option going against that dreadful LA Rams defense. Um, he is G- Geno Smith's favorite target. Uh, they started really kind of rolling towards the end of the year, um, and against against these guys, against any corner that's going to cover him, I don't give a shit if you get a fucking safety. He's going to get a long touchdown uh, tomorrow on Sunday. Chris Olave, I like him. Um, everybody knows my feelings on him. I love the player. Um, I like him this weekend. I'm not fully in love with him, but if I want to run a stack with Derek Carr, say in GPP, he's definitely 
one of the guys involved. So 7,300, 21, and 6,500, good for 12th, 12th, and 15th. So really good value over at DK. DK had a lot of really good values. That's why they can't, they shouldn't be doing their pricing. Nobody should be doing their fucking pricing at the beginning of August. It should be right at the end of August, right before the, like right after that last preseason game. That's when they should do their pricing. Send that out. Um, but he is definitely one of the reasons I like Derek Carr this weekend. Um, he should be a beneficiary of poor Tennessee secondary. Um, the reason I can't really get behind him in cash, I do like him in cash. He's usable in cash. But you have to be using Tyler Higby as your tight as your tight end. And no, so that means no Cam Akers, okay? So if you're not using Cam Akers, Olave could be in your lineup. Does that make sense? We're switching, kind of switching off. I'm trying to explain this as I kind of go. But the re, and the reason why you're not using Olave is because you're not using Jawan Johnson at tight end. Okay, it's another thing. It goes right along with the Akers and Higby. Don't pair them up unless you're doing a GPP lineup. You're not doing that in your 50-50s in cash. Because if they fail, if boy, if Derek Carr fails, those two probably fail. Right? So you just blew apart your whole lineup. Only do the full stack, of course, at GPP. Pick one or the other, either Olave or Juwan Johnson. Calvin Ridley, here's a guy that's going to be in almost everything. Um just because, you know, if I like Trevor Lawrence, I like Ridley. He's the number one. It's not Christian Kirk. There's still a lot of talk about Christian Kirk, which is so fucking stupid. And then I even heard more talk that, oh, it's Ridley's first game back from suspension. They've been playing in the fucking preseason together, and they look really fucking good. They are on the same fucking page. They've been working out with one another. This connection is good to go to start the year. If you, if they don't want to fucking use it, we're going to use it. I don't give a shit. Is it risky? Nope. Not in my opinion. Safest wide receiver play on the board, in my opinion. Okay. So 7,000, 18, 6,500. Good for 15th, 22nd. Again, or in Yahoo. Might be able to go four wide receivers. And then just use two high-end running backs, by the way, on uh, 15th over on DK. Love the play. He doesn't have a good – he has a slight advantage over quarterback Dallas Flowers, but that's because he doesn't have a rating because he didn't play in 2022, okay? So just watch this. Watch it. It's going to be fucking perfect. I, I almost guarantee two touchdowns this weekend. He's going to be so fucking wide open, it's not even going to be funny. They And, and they – don't have a good enough safety to fucking roll over in coverage. So Calvin Ridley's my guy. Uh, Drake London out of Atlanta, uh, I th- believe is valuable or is viable. I say valuable, viable. Um, his price point is ridiculous, though. That's why he's such a great value that it makes him viable for cash. Sixty-two hundred, seventeen, and fifty-four hundred good for thirtieth, twenty-sixth, and twenty-seventh. So really good value on him. Um, he had a really good, he had a decent rookie season. Um, but he should have, he should have a better year this year. I don't know by how much 
because they still like guys like Kyle Pitts on there. Bijan, you know, it's a running team. So you're going to want him to score the touchdown early, though, because uh, I do expect Atlanta to kind of kind of get away in this game, um, which is dangerous to say because it's a division game with two shitty teams. But um, I do expect Atlanta to kind of run away with it. So you do want that Drake London touchdown early. You want a first or second quarter touchdown. Last but not least for cash, Romeo Dubes, Dubes, Dubs, whatever you want to say. I call him Dobbs. I call him Dobbs. He's the Dobber. Uh, 5,300, 12, and 4,400. Good for 56, 49th, and 49th, okay? You can't get much value on a punt play than that. Um, he will have an advantage, a, slight, a slight to heavy advantage all the way across the board. Um. So, like I said, no Christian Watson, no problem. Dobbs is underpriced. Uh, DFS sites can't help themselves, but get salaries for week one out, out way too fucking early. There is some risk to it because he's dealing with a hamstring injury, but his salary is worth it because um, you're talking about almost a complete punt at the position. So, Dobbs, you need the value. Go all the way down. Just, just do it. Just do it. Packers really want this fucking Bears game. They really want this Bears game. If Watson was playing, uh, Jordan Love was going to be in the in the write up. But with Watson down, uh, just don't trust it enough yet. GPP, I have T. Higgins of Cincinnati, seventy four hundred nineteen and sixty eight hundred for eleventh, eighteenth, and twelfth. Um, essentially, he plays the Denzel primarily, I should say, plays on the Denzel Ward side. Now, we've talked before, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, they will switch sides from time to time. They do a lot of crosses. So it switches coverage, especially in um, uh, zone. Uh, but Denzel Ward has fallen off over the last couple of years, so I want to take the guy that is on the Denzel Ward side primarily, that being T. Higgins. So at his price point, especially on Yahoo, you don't need nearly as much as what you would need out of Jamar Chase uh, to bring back value. You need about 20 points. T. Higgins can bring you back 20 points, okay? Um, especially on a full-point PBR site. So it is a risk. Joe Burrow has the issues. Um, I am very much higher on Mixon in that game than I am on T. Higgins. Um, so it's always mixing first. All right. Tyler Lockett, this one's self-explanatory. 6,800, 18, 6,700, good for 19th, 22nd, and 13th. Uh, he is the secondary option to Metcalf. I'm only using Tyler Lockett uh, if I'm doing a full Geno stack. And then in GBP, you could roll it back with, like, say, Cam Akers and Tyler Higby. Um, that would be the play if you want to go to game stack. That is a full pivot stack off of the Miami-LA Chargers game. You can have a piece of that, um, but there's a lot of people that are going to stack that Miami-LA Chargers game, and I think it's a huge fucking mistake. If there's a game that could tank, now you can have one or, you, you know, you can have one or two pieces of that game, but I'm saying in totality, like they want to fucking stack that game uh, with Herbert, with Tua, that type of shit. Um, I think it's a huge mistake. I think there's way too much, way too much anarchy going on there. The only two guys that I trust, Tyreek Hill and Keenan Allen in that game, and that's why they're listed. The only two fucking pieces I trust in that game. 
If you go real heavy on that game, you're going to watch that fucker burn into flames. And I just have the feeling by what I see within the numbers, the players, fucking just everything with that game, with that Rams fucking uh, Seahawks game, that that's the one that's going to go. There's a lot of people talking about this Denver Raiders game. I don't see that one going off. Green Bay, Chicago, that's going to be like a 2020 type game, right? But it's going to be kind of spread around. You'll get enough out of certain players, um, but it's not going to be one, you know, where you would fully stack it out. Uh, and then, of course, Philly, New England. I, uh, I don't know. I see Philly winning that game, but it's going to be like 24-20, and you got to pay up so much for the fucking team. Um, I also see a potential for a defensive score in that one, too. I just don't know which side's going to do it. That's the only problem. Uh, moving on, Mike Evans, Tampa Bay, 6,500, 23, and 6,300, 25, 7th, and 18th. Uh, he's way too underpriced uh, for his talent. I understand he's had the contract issue with Tampa. Um but even with Baker Mayfield, uh, Caleb Evans is the guy who's going to be the primary coverage corner on him. Um, and it doesn't matter if you have Mekhi Beck, uh, Blackman coming out on him. It doesn't matter if you have, Byron, have to move Byron Murphy to the outside on him. Evans is going to be open uh, to the point to where uh, Baker Mayfield will have no choice but to fucking have to throw it to him. I do not trust Chris Evans, uh, Chris Godwin across the middle. It's too much safety, you know, uh, coverage and play there. Where they'll roll the second guy, they'll leave Mike Evans one on one, and and beg Mayfield to try and make that throw. And I I think he's going to be able to do it. It's just not safe enough because it's fucking Baker Mayfield at quarterback. Uh, Cortland Sutton for Denver. Uh, 5,900, 13, and 5,200, good for 35th, 44th, and 30th. He's almost a cash play. He's kind of a cash slash GPP play. And the reason being is because I don't know if I like Sutton more or less if Judy's playing. Because, you know, he's going to see more targets. You're going to get a higher target share. If Judy's not playing, I'm sure he's going to become this, like, cash game value darling um which makes me hate him more because everybody's gonna be fucking talking about it so i really don't want to play it in case it tanks and it can um i kind of want him with i kind of want judy to play because then you're gonna see a little bit more coverage over on judy just for the plain simple fact that everybody in the free fucking world knows that jerry judy is russell wilson's favorite target and so you're going to see a little bit more with one-on-one coverage um, across from Sutton. And I believe in Cortland Sutton. He's not a player that sucks. It's just Denver hasn't been able to utilize him properly. Um, so with new coach, you know, Sean McVay coming over, you know, basically coming over from New Orleans, he'll know how to get him involved in that offense. And they have been getting it done in the preseason um, from what I've seen. So. Last but certainly not least, we got Jonathan Mingo, the rookie wide receiver out of Carolina, 4,500, 10, 3,200, 114, 69, and 77. It's hard to get any more bare bones with and have a guy that's like as talented as Jonathan Mingo is. 
Um, he can get it done. I expect Carolina to be throwing a lot in this game, have to play from behind. Um, there's no DJ Chark. Mingo can do um, pretty much every route. He can go long, too. He's also going to be about the tallest fucking wide receiver on that on that Carolina side. So um, Mingo, I have a lot of faith in. Uh, if you need a pot, if you want to get a pot shot type guy, Mingo would be the guy. I'm not really scared too much of the Atlanta secondary. Um, what scares me is just um, Bryce Young being able to kind of you know get that ball out. He's had issues being able to see uh, you know into his passing lanes, so it is quite a risk. And Atlanta is one of the GPP defenses, so. Um, definitely pay attention, okay? Uh, so we've talked about the two cash game tight ends. There's only two. You either get Tyler Higby or you get fucking Jawan Johnson. Tyler Higby, 5,317, 4,000. Good for 11, 7, and 5. Um, Jawan Johnson, you get a little bit more. 5,100, uh, 5, 14, and 3,900. Good for 15th, 11th, and 14th. So you get a little bit more uh, salary. Spend it elsewhere. Um, Higby was my my favorite um of course you know the big talking point you know no cooper cup who just went on ir actually today um but there's been too much talk about tyler higby uh benefiting with matthew stafford there's no cooper cup uh, so it's he's kind of his guy so like i said you have to choose between him or cam Akers and do 50 50s i have the slight lean to cam Akers as being the guy that needs to be in there before Tyler Higby. <clears throat> He's going to touch the ball a lot more often. He's dirt cheap. You know, that's kind of more of the better play. Um, Juwan Johnson is can score just as much as Higby can um, at a lesser cost. Derek Carr loves to lean on his tight end position. Um, they've actually had a really good preseason together. So... To me, I'm going to go ahead and put Cam Akers in. I'm going to put Jawan Johnson in as my tight end, okay? I say that a lot, okay? Okay? Do you get it? Okay? Fucking Mr. Mackey over here. Holy shit. So GPP for tight ends. TJ Hawkinson of Minnesota against Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I like to attack the Buccaneers with tight end position whenever possible. They generally leave the middle open. 7,200, 23, and 5,900, good for second across the board. Uh, Mark Andrews is the only guy who is more expensive than he is, so it's an expensive option. A lot of people are going to pay down at tight end, and we're going to follow that trend in cash. GPP, I give you the one high-priced high option. That would be Hawkinson. There's a lot of people talking about Justin Jefferson, a lot of people talking about Jordan Addison, but you have two really good corners on the outside in Tampa Bay still. They're going to float that safety safety coverage over towards the Jefferson side as they typically do with stud wide, you know, number ones. That's why, like, as a Packer fan, when Devontae Adams was on there, they would roll that safety over and they kind of take that away. Um, Addison's not going to be the guy to benefit off of that. That's going to be uh, TJ Hawkinson and KJ Osborne, but I'm never going to write up KJ Osborne because I would never fucking do that to anybody. If you like KJ Osborne, that's perfectly fine. If you want to use it as a value, like I said, I have I have Jonathan Mingo in there. That's the only guy that I would trust 
as a full absolute pay down on there. Uh, last but certainly not least, the other tight end would be Evan Ingram of Jacksonville. Uh, 5,800, 18, and 4,700, 7, 5, and 6. This is specifically as a full-stack Jags off uh, option. So with Trevor Lawrence, you would have Calvin Ridley, and then you would have Evan Ingram. It's not a one-off. If you want to do it, that's fine. But this is what my thinking is, all right? This is why we're doing the podcast with the write-up, so I can explain this out a little bit. So if I want to go full-stack on Jags, which is I think is is fine. It's a little dangerous, but you can do it. Trevor Lawrence, Calvin Ridley is definitely the guy that you would want, and then Evan Ingram is going to be that secondary piece. Um, Indianapolis is not going to be good against the tight end. They're, like I said, their safeties are fucking horrible. Ingram has a really good connection with the quarterback. Uh, just playing, you know, even then that full year. I mean, Evan Ingram was a real fucking value in seasonal leagues so here he still is going to continue the trend he got his contract man everybody was talking about brenton strange when he got uh drafted by the jaguars and i'm like no evan ingram's the guy brenton strange is never going to take over as long as evan ingram's there so what did they do they gave him the contract man so finally we got our defense special teams this has always been kind of my bugaboo right um your cash, your automatic cash game one, the one that you're starting with, is going to be the Washington Commanders. Everybody's going to start the defense that's going against Arizona until Arizona shows that they're not a bunch of pieces of shit. Uh, 4,900, 18, and 2,800. So second, fifth, and 14th. They're really good. They're really value-priced over on um, DK, which is really was really fucking weird when I saw it. Um, but it is a poor, it's a poor offensive line for the Cardinals. Uh, Washington does like to blitz quite a bit, um, and their secondary has gotten better. So with those factors in there, I'm trusting the commanders, especially on DK. I'm probably just going to set it and forget it. That 2,800 is pretty cheap. Um, you can't get much cheaper than that. Even, I mean, my guess, I guess the punt play one is, but, um, for the most part, that's pretty dirt fucking cheap uh, for a defense that really does have an opportunity for some uh, turnovers. Uh, GPP, also known as the pay down defenses for cash. We know how this works, right? <coughs> Start at your favorite, work down. Atlanta Falcons against Carolina Panthers, 4,500, 10, and 3,200. Good for 6th, 24th, and 9th. So if you want a complete fucking punt, defense here you got atlanta over on yahoo they're a little bit higher priced on the other two sites which you know has me off we talked about it dk you're probably just going with the commanders over there uh yahoo you do have to start kind of thinking of atlanta on there facing a rookie quarterback uh falcons defense has proven the times they'll step into the challenge get the job done uh the panthers offensive line has really really struggled which means if they choose to actually put together a solid pass rush they are going to get Bryce Young and force him into turnovers. So you should be able to see a fumble or two and quite and quite honestly uh, a possible interception or two. And we know any time that you can force turnovers and get sacks and stuff like that, that's opportunities to score more points, pick up a ball, go for a touchdown. Okay, That's what we're looking for. 
Next on here, this one's kind of a, a priced wrong defense, and that's the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they're facing the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, 3811 on Yahoo. 11 So $1 above minimum and 3000 Good for 16th, 21st, and 11th. Huge disrespect on Yahoo. Um, and I'm, I'm going to read this one verbatim how I wrote it. A ton of disrespect being slung at the Steelers this week in a matchup against the 49ers that is tougher than most. But how do you make them $1 above minimum, Yahoo? Potential for turnovers in this game with a pass rush against a weaker offensive line than last year with the loss of right tackle Mike McGlinchey. And that happens to be the side that linebacker TJ Watt rushes from. So you got one of the best fucking linebacker, if not the best linebacker in the game, in T.J. Watt against Mike McGlinchey. Or against the spot where Mike McGlinchey is now gone. The new guy ain't going to stop him. Mm-mm. Uh-uh. So definitely consider in there um, Brock Purdy. I know there's a lot of love for Brock Purdy, but he has thrived on just uh, really good luck. So He's decent. He's just look, look. He's an end. Of, he's a seventh, the last pick in the fucking twenty twenty two NFL draft. He's not fucking Tom Brady. At least he's not fucking Tom Brady yet. People are figure are gonna figure him out. Okay, I am a little worried about Brock Purdy's fucking elbow still. I know he had it fixed. It doesn't mean that it's stronger than it was before. And now we have the moment of truth, the new GPP, also known as the fuck it and play it for minimum cash. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 3,100, 10, and 2,200. Good for 25th, 24th, and 25th. Two things here. First of all, the Bucks defense is not a terrible unit overall. When you look at the pieces still there, what did I say? It happens to be nearly everyone is back. Okay. It's still a good defense, a really good defense. But the sites decided to shit on it because you got Baker Mayfield on the other side. They don't believe in the offense, so they took it out on the defense. Minnesota's offense is good. It's not so good that you're going to drop the fucking Tampa Bay defense down to bare minimum. It's not. And so I'm willing to pay the bargain basement price for a defense that can ball out. It's just, it's just how it is. Why would you not take a shot on that? Kirk Cousins is known to have turnovers. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. You don't trust in that? You think that that Tampa Bay defense, with all of what it still has there, is going to get beat by Kirk Cousins? Okay. You think they're worried about fucking Alexander Madison? I've seen a lot of talk about fucking Alexander Madison being a play of the week at a salary. Get the fuck out of here. Get the fuck out of here. The only way that that defense is going to let up any scoring is if the Tampa offense gets a, you know, just turns the ball over and turns it over in their part of the end zone. Then you'll start seeing some scoring. Other than that, I don't have a lot of faith in that Minnesota offense against this defense it's gonna be a low scoring affair low scoring 16 13 kind of game and i'm calling it tampa 
up in Minnesota. Fuck them Vikings and fucking A, I am done. I am out of here. Any questions, you know where to hit me up. Let's get that money. Let's go get your fucking money. Week one, it starts now.